Nobody will ever pay that much for photography. You're not even a real photographer. You'll never be able to run a photography business and raise kids too. Resistance, it's normal. It comes from you. It comes from others in your inner circle, whether it's a spouse, partner, your bestie, your parents, your kids. Comes from random comments from the outside world or in random conversations with people in your life or on social media. These cutting judgmental comments from people you know, from yourself, or even strangers can really get you down, especially when they're about your photography business, your dream. If you don't find a way to rise above them, they can absolutely drag you and your photography business down. So why do we let other people's opinions about what we should or shouldn't be doing matter? That is what I'm digging in on today. So the real question is, how are portrait photographers like us able to run a profitable business and still put our families first without selling digital files for cheap and working all the time? I'm Sarah Petty, your host of the Worth Every Penny Joycast, and I went from a stressed out, overworked mama with three babies to being named one of America's most profitable photographers without working my kids' lives away. Each week, I'll show you how to find and serve boutique portrait photography clients in a world where we compete with free thanks to everyone having a digital camera in their pocket. Take the first step to adding more joy and profit to your life by downloading your free photography business tools at joyofmarketing.com forward slash podcast. I love that the world is aware of the bullies and the trolls, right? Like everybody talks about them. It seems like everybody has them. And I love when I scroll through my feed in social media and I see people like with messages to them and it it really pumps me up. Like the quotes reminding us that the people who are ahead of us in life or in business or in any way aren't out there pushing us down. Isn't that so true? I think about people who I admire and respect. They would never be commenting something snarky on someone else's Instagram account. They would never do it. I love how Brene Brown says, if you're not in the arena also getting your butt kicked, I'm not interested in your feedback. Those quotes always make me happy, but still those annoying comments can sting, can't they? And seriously, I think there are people, I know there are people in the world who sign up for accounts that are anonymous just so that they can be jerks and bully people because they're having a bad day and they want to ruin everybody else's day. So why do we let that bother us? Because truly, if you look at it, the more successful people are, the more people they have who are being bullies and who are attacking them. And as an adult, I'm trying to figure it out. Well, I have kids who are being raised with social media. So it's just interesting and fascinating and scary. And it can add to all the mental health issues that are already existing. But for me, I was raised before social media. And I think I would have loved it because I was always taking pictures and I was always, you know, wanting to be involved in everything. And I think I would have documented all of that. But because it was later when social media really came into my life, I mean, gosh, I would have been in my 40s probably, and I had 
you know, little kids and I was speaking around the country. And so I really was pretty private. I just felt like I don't need to put my life out on the internet and I'm living a really good life and everything wasn't easy, but I just felt like I, it was private. I wanted to live my life privately. And then of course, you know, as it grew, I felt like everybody was just being so performative out there talking about how their great family was and their husband was amazing and their kids were amazing. And then, you know, those people and you're like, okay, (laughs) that's not really what's happening behind the scenes. And so I thought, oh, if I put stuff out there, I'm going to be fake or perceived as being fake, or I'm going to be that person who only shows how great my life is. Um, even though I have things that go wrong, I don't ever dwell in them. So I want to celebrate the things that happen. So for me, I just, I just stayed quiet. And then as my business started growing, my photography business, that was great. But I started my second company where I'm coaching photographers all around the world. And the only way to reach them is Facebook ads because I don't run Facebook ads for my studio and my market. I don't need to. I can just get clients by going out and talking to people, which is way easier. But at my you know coaching business, I had to be doing Facebook ads. And we know Facebook ads are expensive and they keep going up and up and up. And I realized that if I want to get exposure and reach more people and have more influence, I needed to start putting things online. I will admit it's still hard for me to to think about why do people want to know what I'm doing (laughs) in my off time? Um, But as I've gotten more used to it, I realized it's a conversation, right? We're hanging out with other people. But when I started doing it, I was very uncomfortable. And again, not saying that I've mastered it by any means, but I've come so far. (laughs) But when I started doing it, my kids were kind of teenagers. They were in their tweens and in their early teen years. And they would air quote, kindly try to help me, <laughs> which they were very kind. But boy, when I missed the mark, they they really wanted me to know because that was public, right? It was out there where the world could see it. And I was super critical of myself. But I remember my mentor saying that, look, you've got to find your voice sooner or later in social media. And so why not do it while you have a smaller following? Because likely nobody really cares and your true friends are going to hang out with you. And if, if your message doesn't resonate with others, then let's have an abundance philosophy and send them, you know, on their way to find the person that can motivate and inspire and help them. So when I got going, I really had to set my ego aside and I just started doing what I thought I was supposed to do. And We have a saying in our community that we all live by that is imperfect action beats perfect inaction. You're just not going to start something like that and be perfect at it. And really taking imperfect action is how I grew my business so fast. And I really embraced that. So I thought, well, hey, I know taking action will either pay off or it will teach me something and I want to get where I want to go faster because gosh, time is going so fast. And I want us all to get there faster and easier. And so I'm doing the things I teach my students to do, which is taking perfect action. So I started doing it and putting myself out there. And you know, when it came to reels, when reels first came out, it was sort of that music playing and us sort of dancing and pointing and I can't sing or dance like, (laughs) and I mean, worse than that, I'm really, really, really bad. And so I'm like, oh team, you know, I had help writing them and I'm like, don't make me dance. I'm not dancing. And so I would have to like, you know, at least like 
move a little bit to the beat and point <laughs> and I would get done and I'm like, oh, this can't be good. This can't be right. But we got through that era and we got better at it and we started being able to add more value as we learn. But you got to start somewhere. But in those early days, I remember a student at one of my workshops saying that she was so scared to put herself out there on social media because she judged me. <laughs> and I remember laughing so hard. And uh, I knew then it wasn't going to stop me. And I knew I was going to get better, but I was taking action. Again, I was being judged by someone who wasn't in the arena. And for whatever reason, it didn't bother me. And I remember thinking, no one's going to remember how bad I really am right now. And if they don't jive, it's totally cool. Um, but the, that was what was the most interesting part is, you know, the judgment comes from someone not doing it because she was so scared to do it because she was judging me. What I've learned through my years of doing a lot of personal development and coaching a lot of people is a lot of the reasons we judge others is because we're judging ourselves so harshly. Think about it. The things that you judge others for, if you're being judgmental, you're like hard on yourself about. And so the first step is really to identify the self-judgment and give yourself some grace. Life is hard. You aren't perfect. Let's laugh at ourselves. And with my teenagers, I used to say like, hey, are you laughing with me or at me? And either way, I don't really care. <laughs> I tell myself, you're laughing with me. <laughs> and they'd say, yeah, mom, that's it. <laughs> so just have that attitude. I think sometimes we don't have enough coping mechanisms because we've all been picked on. We've all been bullied or, or treated badly or at the least on the receiving end of someone who's not being very nice. And so whatever coping mechanism you need to tell yourself, hey, they're just judging themselves, I'm just gonna keep going, or I'm happy with who I am and let them judge me. I had a really awesome client once, we went out on a session on her boat with her boys and she had her swimming suit like inside out and she's one of those people who's just, you look at and you think, You're, you've just got it all together, you must always be perfect. And we were laughing that her big tag was like flopping in her arm, you know, cause she had it on inside out and she's like, you know what? I decided early on that I didn't want to be perfect because that is just too hard to always try to live up to that expectation of your hair perfect and being dressed perfect and all that. It's not even obtainable. So she's like, I really try hard not to be perfect. And I was like, oh my gosh, I even love you more. I want to be unperfect like you. I don't know. Is unperfect a word? I guess it's imperfect. See, I'm being imperfectly unperfect. <laughs> but it really inspired me to know that, you know, people still thought she was pretty perfect even when she intentionally was not. And that's really how I frame it to myself in my own conversations is that I'm being true and honest and I am not perfect and you can like me or not like me, but I know that people need my message and I know I'm making a difference in a lot of lives. And so if I'm a dork, then I'm a dork, <laughs> you know, and if I look stupid tapping badly to the music and pointing as I get going, like that's just what it is. I see a lot of other people doing that too. So, you know, we'll figure it out together. So let's talk about for you and what this means to you, but why is there so much resistance out there? Why is there resistance from other people when you're trying to change and elevate yourself and grow your business? Why do you feel like others who you think they love you 
And as well as strangers, right? We, we can kind of justify the strangers commenting on what we're doing because they're judging themselves or whatever. But why is it that the people who love us, sometimes we feel like are trying to pull us down? The thing is, I've studied a lot about this. And here's sort of how I distill it down <laughs> from hours and hours and hours of studying and training and, and asking these questions. But let me sort of distill it down for you. It's really back in the caveman days that we build a life that feels safe. It's kind of wired in us that we're trying to keep ourselves safe because we want to stay alive. And the people who love us want to keep us safe as well. I mean, that's what we do when we have babies. Like we, we just build a life of like, how can we keep our children safe? And for centuries, as humans, we've created entire ecosystems designed to keep us from the dangers outside the cave. I mean, think about how unsafe life was back in caveman days when they were going out to get food and there were animals all over and they didn't have text to text each other or or other ways to, to keep each other safe, like being in a car with safe walls um, where animals can't eat you. And it's sort of built in that we find this safety zone in our life and that's how the world adjusts to keep us there. And you've seen it happen when somebody comes into a chunk of money by winning the lottery or an older parent passes and leaves them a bunch of money. And what happens is it's uncomfortable. It feels unsafe. And so they lose it. They spend it. They squander it. They give it. They do whatever they do so that they're back in the comfortable struggle area where they were before. The struggles that they had before felt safe, whereas new money struggles are unsafe and scary. In reverse, it, you can see it when something devastating happens to a family, whether it's death or, a, or an accident that takes a limb or something like that. Those people don't want to live in the discomfort of that. And people don't want to live below that comfort zone, right? They want to live with the happiness that they had before whatever accident or whatever thing happened in life. And so the hard wiring pops them back up to where they feel safe being happy, being in control of their life or, or whatever those feelings are. And think about it. It's not about money. I'm sure you know people who have very little money and they're so happy and they don't seem to have struggles and their life is great. And then there are people who have a lot of money and have a lot of struggles. It's not about the money, but it's about the, the discussion that when we try to elevate who we are, whether it's a career change or making more money or doing something more challenging, that's when the resistance comes in. That's where the resistance happens from ourselves, from others, because we've built a safe place and we want to all live in a place that's comfortable and safe. What I really just want you to see today is that you've been conditioned to live the life that you're living based on, gosh, who your parents were and what jobs they had and generations of beliefs were poured into us when we were little bitty kids. And so it's conditioned us to live the life that we are living. And I want you to know that you have the power to do anything you want in your life. So let's go through some action steps here. First, you can start to realize when you're unconsciously walking through your life. 
right? Like a zombie. You're not feeling things. You're not experiencing things. You're numbing things with Netflix and social media, food, shopping, a little extra wine. The thing is, it's a choice every single day to pick yourself up and to decide that you're meant for more. Sort of for us photographers, like having our cameras on program mode, where all of the decisions are made for us, right? It sets the aperture and the shutter speed and all of the settings so that we don't need to think. But what if you changed your camera to manual mode where you had to make all the decisions and you may make some, some wrong choices and the, the images may not turn out. That's going to happen, but you're going to look at them and you're going to go, what should I have done differently? And you're going to change it. That is so possible for you. So when you're going through life unconsciously, ask yourself, whoa, what do I need to do in my life to take my control back? Second, surround yourself with people who are in the arena, like Brene Brown says, just like you are. They're learning, they're failing, they're getting beat up, but they're falling and they're standing back up. And they're learning to love the journey right? That journey is actually really fun because you get better at it. And your friends and family mean well, but many of them don't get it. And that's okay. That's okay. They want to live a safe, comfortable life and they want to keep you safe and comfortable. I did a whole episode about this right when I started this podcast, number seven, called The Front Pocket and the Back Pocket. So if you haven't heard it and you're new here, please go back and listen to it really talks about how people are different. And when you're an entrepreneur and you want to take risks and grow, that not everybody's going to be there to support you. And you can love them and you can put your friends and family in your front pocket, but you've got to have a back pocket. The people who are doing it with you, the people who are taking risks and investing time and money in their business and failing publicly and getting laughed at and ridiculed and getting back up. Nobody is alone, and I will tell you, there is so much more comfort going into the arena with a group rather than alone. So ask yourself, who are you surrounding yourself with? This is why in all of our programs, we have a community so you don't ever have to be alone. And if you are alone, just know we're here for you. Number three, pick the right inputs in your life. Did you ever see the documentary about the guy who ate McDonald's for a month or maybe even more, but three meals a day, he ate McDonald's. Oh my gosh, he felt terrible. He was getting sick a lot. He gained weight. He lost motivation. He was miserable, right? A guy who was happy and healthy. And then just because of what he put into his body, he went into depression and a brain fog and negative energy and all the things that he didn't like. So I want you to think about it. When you think about the food you're putting into your body, I want you to think about the water. Are you drinking water? Are you getting the exercise? Are you doing the things and putting the things in your body that are going to give you the energy to have the the energy you want to put out in the market be positive instead of being on the downward spiral. Okay. But also the non-physical things. What voices are you listening to? Those are inputs too. I spend hours every week listening to people who are ahead of me, who are doing what I want to be doing. I'm always investing in education, which is why I put this podcast out for you. And I'm so glad you're here. 
I hope you subscribe and I hope you make sure that every Tuesday you're listening when the new episode comes out. Hope you're talking about it with friends who are photographers and sharing it with them because this is part of the input that's creating the output that you want on the other side. And listen, the universe is going to want to pull us down. The people who love us want to keep us safe. It's true. And we can still love them. The key is for you to identify that you don't want to live on that safe side of playing a small game when you're meant for more. So when you're constantly committed to education, to growth, to expanding your capabilities, to getting rid of the head trash and investing in systems to help you do that, you are changing your future. You're changing your outcome and you're growing as a person. So your comfort zone gets bigger. And remember what I said earlier, it's a choice. It's a choice. So make the decision right now that you aren't going to let the resistance from others, from the universe, and even from yourself pull you down. Even when they laugh at you and tell tell you that you're the reason they're too scared to do it because they're watching you. Listen, don't let that bother you because everybody has that happen from people who are behind them. It doesn't happen from people who are ahead of you. So surround yourself by people who are ahead of you and you're not going to care anymore. When you feel it, name it, move past it, and then keep going. You will teach yourself to remove so many of the obstacles in your way that are invisible, but dang, they're the hardest ones to get past. And I know you can do it. Keep playing the long game, my friend. Keep being open to support. Keep feeding your soul and your body with the right nutrition and the right voices that are going to improve your life, not make it worse. And study after study shows that you will go further faster with support. So consider getting the help you need to accomplish your goals. And if you need a mentor, we are here for you and we will keep the resistance at bay. The better you get at pushing away the resistance, the more you are inviting the right fit clients into your world because it's an energy, my friend, it's a mirror and you get what you are. So the harder you work on yourself and putting better energy into the world, the more you're going to get clients who love your energy and want to give you their energy, which comes in green, long, skinny bills. (laughs) All right. That's just how the world works. I'm cheering for you, my friend. I am so cheering for you. And look, I am in the arena with you. So we can work together to be louder than the resistance is cheering against you. Together, we can do anything. Let's go. Hey, photographer, it's Sarah again with a quick question for you. Do you ever wonder why some photographers make $300 a session and others make $3,000? I know I did. So I dug deep into what's going on and I wrote a book for you called Worth Every Penny. You can get a free copy at joyofmarketing.com forward slash free book. Inside this book, you'll learn four ways to price your photography and why there's just one pricing strategy that attracts the best clients. What to do when you need clients and why paying for ads doesn't work and what to do instead that's way cheaper. The do's and don'ts of social media, what most photographers are doing wrong that lowers their profits, and what to do instead. I'm not sure there's a book on the planet that more photographers have read. 
23,124 photographers have it already, so I want you to have it too. Grab your copy of the hardcover book free here. Just pay a little for shipping and handling at joyofmarketing.com forward slash free book.